Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You know him because he used to work here in Cleveland. He co-hosts in Sirius XM NFL Radio now. He also contributes uh, in Buffalo, does a lot of Bill stuff as well. His name is Vic Carucci. Joining us here on 92.3 The Fan. Vic, how's it going today? It's going, and going very well. I'm glad uh, to be with you guys. Good. Well, you know Daryl, and you don't, you've known Daryl for a while. He's the consummate professional. Yep. And so he told me, he goes, yep. hey, hey, Jonathan, you got to ask this question to Vic because I'm not going to be held responsible for it. And I said, okay, fine. I'll, I'll fall on that sword. I, yeah, I leave the absurdity to other people. <laughs> Which I'm all right with. I, that's kind of my role in life, Vic. I just I ask the absurd, crazy questions, and we go from there. Uh, Seth Walter is the one that I'm, I'm trying to hold responsible for this. Uh, he was predicting all his 32 NFL starting quarterbacks for the upcoming season, and he said Deshaun Watson would be the starter. But he said he could Im- imagine the Browns as a long-shot Justin Fields destination. Now, we know that's not going to happen. But if I were to ask you – that you could choose between Justin Fields or Deshaun Watson as the week one starter for the Browns. Which one would you choose for Kevin Stefanski in the group? Well, yeah, I, I think that's like a two-part. That question has sort of it falls into two categories because on the one hand, you're absolutely asking who of the two, putting aside contract, commitment, all of those other things, uh, at least from the Browns' standpoint, is the better quarterback and I in my mind um, the more established guy proven guy has got to be Watson I still I think there you know that cliche of upside and what we could be seeing from Justin Fields uh, anyone who's interested I mean think about this if he's this greatest answer as a quarterback and he might very well be this is this is not the editorial comment on his talent it is an editorial comment about the Bears. Who couldn't use a great upside quarterback, least of all a team that, you know, is desperately trying to find some traction that wants to have, every team wants success, but desperately needs it. And if the Bears are willing to part ways with that guy because they think there's a better answer in the draft, apparently, if they think Caleb Williams is that guy, what does that say about Fields? Or does it say the Bears are just dumb? 
that they just, you know, they're the people who run that team are so dumb, they can't figure it out. So the fact that there is a parting of ways, uh, at least thought in, in the process, it raises a lot of flags for me for fields, even if I agree with those who say, my gosh, you know, there, there's a better quarterback to be playing there. With Watson, um, I mean, I have more of a complete thought. I go back to watching him in his days with the, with the Texans, and what I mean by that is, I mean, up close and personal, seeing him in a playoff game against Buffalo where he single-handedly willed his team to to victory and did a lot. He was sacked, I believe, seven times, hit many other times. It was, an, I mean, his line was an abomination, and he and he was just kept picking himself up and making plays uh, a lot with his legs, some with his arm, and and on a day when I think the Bills had a 16-point lead in a wild card playoff game that uh, the Texans were to race and go on and win. Um, and, you know, so my, my point is, and I realized that was then, uh, are things different now uh, physically and, and every other way for Watson? Uh, I, you know, I, I would lean to say that it's, that it's not, maybe he's not quite the guy we saw then, but I would have a hard time, especially knowing the, the impossibility, in my view, of, of uh, parting ways with someone in whom all that commitment is financial and otherwise is there. Uh, I I just would have a hard time doing it. It just wouldn't work in my mind. Yeah. As someone who has watched the Browns go through 30 uh, different quarterbacks over the years, um, I I would never rule out the Browns just, or never rule out the fact that the bears just might be dumb. So uh, good point by you. (laughs) Um, uh, You know, along the lines with Watson though, obviously we, we know how important 2024 is, uh, for not only the Browns, but for Watson, because they only have 12 games to show for their 90 plus million dollars they've already paid. They're on the hook for another 138. My question to you, Vic, if you were Andrew Barry, who, by the way, is on record saying that we don't have to if we don't need to uh, restructure Deshaun's contract again this year, um, would you, if you were Andrew Barry, restructure it again this offseason and add voidable years? Or do you just, uh, because of all the questions, take and, uh, you know, bite the bullet of that $63 million cap hit this year. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think you got to have a conversation. I, I would have a conversation to see, because you're having those conversations internally, you should be pretty much every day on how to best, uh, you know, have your, your cap structured uh, to allow you to do the other things that you need to do. You can't, I mean, the, the Browns, certainly have other things they've got to make sure are right and fixed uh, before, you know, they, they get into the season. And it, it, I mean, thinking otherwise is fallacy, you know, to say, Oh yeah, we're, we're great. We, you know, we can, we can just keep things status quo and all good. No, you, you can't. And almost, no team can, the Kansas City Chiefs can't. Uh, so my, my answer to you would be, Try real hard to find whatever that mathematic formula is um, and restructuring. And, and again, restructuring generally means one of two things. Kick the can down the road and, and create more problems for the future, perhaps for another GM and coach to, to worry about, uh, or uh, ask somebody to take a pay cut. And usually that second option uh, doesn't ever happen or, or, or certainly doesn't result in anything necessarily good in the relationship with that player. 
Vic, if you were the Browns, would you go after Gabe Davis? Yeah, I, I, he's he's worth yes. The answer is yes. Now, when you don't need a number one, and Amari Cooper means you don't in Cleveland. Uh, I think he could be a solid number two, who at times flashes in ways where the coverage is, is tends to drift away from him, uh, and then he, he ends up – I'm not saying this, this is going to happen more than the one time it did, but four touchdown catches against the Chiefs in that playoff game is exemplary of the kinds of things he can do. Now, key drops have also happened in his time, but he is a guy who I think will command – uh, a decent amount of money. I think the Giants are going to be very hot for him. His former uh, coordinator there, Brian Dayball, the former assistant GM in Buffalo, Joe Shane, uh, and they have the need. He could be. He could emerge as a number one there. But I think in the Browns structure of things, he would obviously still see you know a, a good pay increase and find himself in a familiar role. Why don't the Bills just keep him? They don't keep him because. Um, I think, number one, they uh, to, to throw the kind of money in, first of all, when you've let him hit the open market, which is likely to be the case, I mean, I, I don't know if they make a, a, any kind of cursory attempt to show him any love, like, hey, we want to keep you, but here's the number. But they have got more, to me, greater needs elsewhere, uh, especially on defense, and, and if they're going to retain people, it would make more sense to me to, to go to the wall as, as far to the wall as you can go for Leonard Floyd defensive end or Daquan Jones defensive tackle, that kind of thing. The other thing that the Bills can do besides, I think, greater priority on defensive retention there if they're going to keep anybody is this is a deep draft for wide receiver by all accounts. They could sit at 28, get a, get a guy that could be the immediate replacement for Davis and the future replacement for Stephon Diggs. And, of course, it's a rookie contract versus paying, uh, paying Gabe Davis a lot more. Let me ask you, just you know, because obviously you do a lot with Buffalo as well, I just want to ask you about Sean McDermott really quickly because I'm fascinated. It, it felt like, it, I don't know if it's the ownership, something happened after that piece from Dunn in the middle of the season where it, it kind of felt like where you thought maybe it was going to go south, it kind of turned around and and got back in the right direction. Is that because he used Ken Dorsey as the sacrificial lamb and then everything got righted, or was there something more there? And then we'll get your thoughts on Dorsey after that. Yeah, well, interesting. I mean, I think it's, I think it's on a, a, that move, the, the coordinator change, regardless of the, of the names involved necessarily. Uh, that's a bold thing to do, first of all, for a head coach. And it's, it's not often done, and it's almost never something that works out successfully now. Can we call it, you know, a, a, a clear success? Um, I'm not ready to because it happened, you know, midseason. And we've, we've got a half a season sample size of Joe Brady uh, as offensive coordinator, even though he's got some history there as quarterback coach. But that was one thing. Uh, and I do think to a great degree, uh, Ken Dorsey became a sacrificial lamb uh, after a, a, an ugly loss to Denver. Uh, no, the offense wasn't functioning well. I think Josh Allen's performance had a lot to do with that night. I don't think that all gets uh, falls to the feet of Dorsey. But but Sean made the move. Uh, Sean had the backing of his players. He connects well with with these players. They uh, they see him as someone who generally has their back, so they'll have his back. They trust him. Um, he he is. I've heard this term, and maybe it's, it's a 
I don't know, a 2023, now 2024 thing, and maybe a little earlier that you hear. He shows vulnerability. He shows I heard Mitch Morris say this, the, the Bill Center. I heard other players say that in a complimentary way. Now, again, you know, I say that, and then you think of Vince Lombardi, and you think of, you know, some of the all-time uh, hard-nosed coaches at Belichick. You know, how much Bill... How much vulnerability would that even show up in there? The only vulnerable, I, I don't even know what, what that word would mean to, to these, to these uh, coaching, uh, perhaps even Paul Brown uh, or whatever, uh, George Hallis. But uh, in, in today's context, uh, it, you, it matters. And, 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 and the, where I'm mentioning that, that came up, uh, I think the players will never forget that they felt their coach felt them at their at their toughest moment, and that was the whole Demar Hamlin thing on that January second night of 2023 uh, in uh, in uh, Cincinnati, and when people were coming to pieces, players were losing it. Everett, Tre'Davious White, so many others, Josh Allen, who who saw a player stop breathing, die, and then come mm-hmm. back to life, uh, and I think Sean's handling of that. And not just at the moment, but in the aftermath, resonated. So the the story that that Tyler Dunn did, and kudos to a guy who in he I think he said I don't know how many different people, twenty five or so people, most of whom off the record. I you know I'd have had a heck of a time, but he's also publisher and editor of his own outfit. But if I, you know in my history of working for newspapers or working for any entity. To, to have that many off the record uh, uh, sources, I, I I would have been told, yeah, you, you get somebody on the record. You know, that's you don't we don't go to print with that necessarily or or online with that. But that said, he did get somebody to reveal an accurate story about this 9/11 speech uh, that was just a, 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 a obviously ill-advised. Uh, I don't know where Sean was going with it. He, I guess maybe he didn't know until some a player said to him, "What are you trying to say here, coach? You know, what's the message with this thing, where you're you're kind of applauding the coordinated efforts of 9/11 uh, of the terrorists?" Uh, but that said, I would I would tell you that Sean, um, it, it did not reflect the guy. It reflected uh, a, again a poor public speaker at the moment, and I'm not sure he's that awful most of the time, but I heard other stories where he's gotten off track. Coaches do. And anyway, uh, I, they, they, if anything, that thing galvanized the, the players behind him because they thought it was an outsider sort of, uh, you know, doing this hit piece and attacking their guy mm. and, and they had his back. And hey, real quick, Vic, uh, what were Dorsey's responsibilities uh, under McDermott uh, and, uh, you know, with the Bills offense? Yeah, Daryl's going to change, of course, for Cleveland because he was autonomous with the offense. He uh, he coached every every bit of it, uh, decided every bit of it. Yes, Sean had the short yardage, goal line, go for it decisions, but it, all in all, that was all his offense. Obviously, that's not going to be the case with Stefanski, and it, it, you know it's a whole different setup and system there, and that's probably good. I think in week design, I think. Uh, quarterback whispering, all those things. I think Ken's really good at that. I think he did it well uh, with Cam Newton in Carolina, and then and then Josh Allen. And, and again, Josh 
was, you know, Ken's former playing history uh, helps a lot. He can relate well, and, and players, uh, the quarterbacks relate well to him. So I, 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 I'm not going to sit here and tell you, I know this is going to be a great upgrade from Alex Van Pelt, who I know quite well. Uh, it may be different than it was. I, I don't know that it will necessarily be better. Uh, and I'm not entirely sure what the feeling was that, that moving Van Pelt out was going to make things better to put a guy in a similar role where it is Kevin's offense. Vic, fantastic insight as always. We'll check you out, Series XM NFL, obviously contributing uh, you know, for the Bills down there in Buffalo and, and writing for the 33rd team as well. So we appreciate you giving us some, uh, some insight, and, and uh, we'll catch up with you later. Thank you, Vic. Enjoyed it, guys. Take care. All right, good stuff right there with Vic Carucci in the North Holmes. A little confusing, if I'm being honest. Because he calls him a quarterback whisperer, but then he goes down the road of, I don't know why they made the move for someone in Alex Van Pelt that was probably just as close, if not if not better at the job. Now, change for the sake of change. And I think that's all it was. Like, if we had more time with Vic, I would have just been like, hey, listen, they needed to shake the snow globe a little bit here. They needed uh, to mix it up, and that's what they were going for. Clearly, that's what they were going for. And, and you know what? I, I give them credit because I do believe after four seasons – there are some people that would have fell back on the idea that they won 11 games and Stefanski won coach of the year and all that other stuff. And then like, well, there's no reason to make changes. But they made changes because they understood that even though the defense was all world, the offense did have some room to grow. And the offense could get better and needed to get better, Daryl. I give him credit for that. Yeah, I, I, he caught me off guard with the whole quarterback whisperer thing. Yeah, I don't know where um, that came from necessarily. and I, I, I Well, no, I, I do because... The success that Dorsey had in Carolina as Cam Newton's quarterback That's coach, what I'm thinking is the big part M- of it. MVP season. They went to the Super Bowl. Granted, they lost Super Bowl 50 to the Broncos. Um, but, but who would call him a quarterback whisperer for that when Cam but, Newton, uh, two, years, two years prior to that season that he was joined by Ken Dorsey, uh, won the Heisman, a national title, number one overall pick, like, like, Cam Newton's peak was always going to be in the beginning portion of his career. But, and you can make an argument that that three-year stretch going from Auburn to the first couple years he had in the NFL is one of the more impressive three-year stretches of colleges to NFL that we've ever seen in the history of the sport. Like, how much of a hand did, did Ken Dorsey have in that? Like, Cam Newton came to the NFL great. It's not like Ken Dorsey propped him up and made him a million times better. It's the way it is in the NFL, man. I know, and, and like, it's, it's just how they, it, it, they give credit like, to all these type of Ke- things. But Kevin just... Stefanski will always have those two Coach of the Year trophies in his trophy case. Like I, I know, I feel bad. I feel bad because it's. Like, I just. I, I know you. You wanted to do a whole thing on Ken Dorsey with that, but I just. Like, I'm, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, Cam Newton but was unquestionably maybe, great. There's nothing that he could have done. He was just in the orbit of may, Cam Newton, who was maybe he always un- going to be great at that point in Maybe he unlocks something with Cam, and he's going to unlock something here with uh, Deshaun. Are we going to give Ken Dorsey credit for Cam Newton uh, being able to be attacked by three adult males and then still being able to beat them all up individually? Like, I mean, like, I, where, where, where do we draw the line here? And without his hat moving. It was incredible. I think, I think he glues the hat to his like, hat. Like, how stupid could you be to try and go after Cam Newton? 6'5", 250? Like you don't come after Cam Newton. Uh, Big Ben is called Big Ben, and he was six five two forty. Okay, <laughs> I mean, that's how big <laughs> Cam Newton is. It's insane. But like, I'm trying to figure out where we give him credit. Then, you know, you want to tell me Josh Allen? I'll listen to the conversation. Josh Allen uh, wasn't God's gift to football when he came to the NFL, and I know Ken Dorsey didn't directly work work with Josh Allen in the role that he was in until Dayball left. But uh, you know. There's at least some development there with Josh Allen that was much different than, and, than Cam Newton. 
And as you know, Vic alluded to the whole sacrificial lamb. The fact of the matter is, he got fired in the middle of a season. Right. Right. Things weren't going great. He's gone. Things got better. So I don't know what to tell you. I, I'm with I'm with Vic. Like I'm not going to sit here and say that you know Ken Dorsey is going to be an upgrade from Alex Van Pelt. And that it's going to be the key to unlocking Deshaun Watson and mm-hmm. and you know revolutionizing this Browns offense because, like I said, the offense looked great with Joe Flacco running it. It was explosive. Uh, Amari Cooper set franchise records. Um, like he looked like a number one wide receiver in it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in five starts. Uh, Joe Flacco had twice as many completions of over 20 yards than Deshaun Watson did ha- in 12 starts. Um, you know, Flacco threw one fewer touchdown in five starts than Watson did in his 12 starts. Like, I mean, th- those are statistics that are hard just to overlook. Like, th- it it's fair to say that, yeah, I mean, we we saw we we saw glimpses of greatness from Deshaun. Uh, in some of his starts with the Browns, but we didn't see any. We haven't seen any consistency with it, and that's a problem. Um, and part of the reason we haven't seen consistency is because, well, he hadn't been available. Yeah, we just haven't seen enough of him. Right? You, you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. um, and and they're in the Deshaun Watson business. Whether you, me, or anyone else likes it, agrees with it, wants it, that's all immaterial. They're in it, um, and so. That, that that's why I was giving you so much grief over the the Justin Fields conversation. It's immaterial. They're in the Deshaun Watson business, plain and simple. They're not wow. they're not looking at 2027 trying to figure out what they're going to do a quarterback. To be fair, we're giving Seth Walter of ESPN a lot of crap. Not necessarily me. It's not my idea. Uh, I, I know, but you're and, and, and hey, you love it so much. We'll do it again later in the show. Don't you worry. You're in the room with me, so you're going to get it. From I, me. I got it. I got the. I got the. As I as I play the host of uh, Let's Get This Conversation Out There and Rolling, you're like, ah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I want to do that today. But- Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
I mean, I just I'm trying to live in reality in in where the Browns really are at versus like okay this this hypothetical. Yeah, the hypotheticals are great. I mean, we, we've been doing hypotheticals about the Browns making the Super Bowl for the half a century. Uh, right, and, but there are there happened. are important conversations that stem from that, and that's why we did it in the first you know the two o'clock hour. Yeah. And I think we've we addressed a lot of those conversations, and we'll talk about it again a little bit later on. And and uh, but I'm and what, I can't wait. What I'm trying to think about what actually matters in the Ken Dorsey conversation though is if you call him a quarterback whisperer and you yeah. say that he can be maybe he's not Alex Van Pelt, but he's on the same level or close to Alex Van Pelt. I'm trying to figure out what exactly we're getting out of Ken Dorsey, and and if it's just change to have change, that's fine. But then. It, it, I don't know. Do you think Kevin Stefanski yeah, is I mean, that if he's much? Because I don't think Kevin Stefanski's given up play calling. I know. I don't think I, so either. I, I, I know it still remains the great mystery, which, by the way, is going to remain unsolved until they get to the Greenbrier. Uh, once Andrew Barry said it was Stefanski's decision, I think he pretty much told us everything he needed to know. Right. And because Stefanski legitimately, he can tell Ken and Anthony all he wants. He legitimately thinks he's awesome at that, and I, I don't really begrudge well, him for that either. Here, here's the thing, too. Ken Dorsey's not taking the job without that sc- scope of the job being laid out for him, right? You you don't take a job without knowing what you're getting into. I, I agree with that. I, I wouldn't you take know, this this job right this here is, without the understanding of where what my responsibilities are, what I have to right. do, and if that were to change, then you have conversations. Right. Although so, I'm a company man, so I might just roll with it. So that's just a me thing. You know take note there, people, company man. This basically is a cat and mouse game with the media, more so than it is they're figuring it out. There's nothing to figure out. Okay, Ken Dorsey doesn't take the job without knowing who's calling the plays. Ken Dorsey doesn't take the job without knowing who's drawn up the offense. Ken Dorsey doesn't take the job uh, without knowing uh, how much work he's going to have to do uh, with Deshaun as far as maybe rebuilding mechanics or portions of the game of his game or you know whatever. Right? He's just not taking the job without that knowledge. Just like he's not taking the job without knowing how much the Cleveland Browns are going to pay him to take said job. Like that, 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 like let, let's let's. Well, have unless a, he felt like he was going to get zero other offers out there, and well, I just don't know if that's true or not. But you understand, you understand where I'm coming from. For sure, for sure. So th- this whole thing of, so Kevin, are you going to still call plays, or is it going to be like it's a big ruse? That that's all. It's all it is. It, it, it's filling time. They know they're just not saying. And Kevin will tell us at the time of his choosing, just like he does every other year, because I feel like. This is the conversation we have every, or the question I should say that we have every year. So, Kevin, you giving up play calling this year? Yes or no? Well, I'll let you know, right? And then we get to training camp, and then he lets us know, right? Um, so, I, I feel like it's going to be the same thing here. The other, the other part of this, I don't want Kevin Stefanski to give up call plays because it is something he does very well. He's good at it. Mm-hmm. Like, so no, I, I, I don't, I, and I. I don't think we have to worry about Ken Dorsey smashing iPads or uh, surfaces or whatever that is. I don't know. I don't know about uh, that. I don't know about that one. In the in the uh, in the coach's booth or whatever. It happened once. I know. I'm open to the idea it could happen again. I I know. I mean, look, I, I have a feeling you're sitting over there rooting for it. So that you can use the GIF over and over and over and over and nah, over again. I don't sweet enough to even like be uh, like, oh, like, no, these like are jumping things, for joy if that were to the, happen. The, these are things you absolutely think about. Admit it. Me? Yeah, absolutely. I think about you're, throwing you're the tablet it, from a... You're thinking of it from a content perspective. Of a perspective. content perspective, for right. sure. But I don't think about it from like a, a Twitter content perspective. Okay. Everything in life to me is how can I make this into a radio something, right? Right. Because yeah, I'm not one of those radio hosts that care about Twitter the same way I care about the radio. I care about the radio, right? And what would be interesting to me is that then I would have... I would basically have Andy Bernard when he punches the hole at work. I'd have that version... <laughs> 
in the press box at any given time, and that that alone that's enough for me. That's uh, that's uh, you hired a wild man, and I think they might have. I, I, I like to the point they had to address that. Andrew Barry had to address these. Like he's not going to be throwing any tablets. Like you can't confidently say that. You have no idea what happens to that man when things go wrong. I watched it with my own two eyes. He tore that thing up like he was my one-year-old daughter discovering a whole bunch of new toys in the living room. Like <laughs> that's. Yeah, like I mean, that's. I'm sorry. That's, he was the Tasmanian devil up there. He like, really was. I mean, like, I don't, just, you can't promise me that he won't do that again, unless uh, now. Do you think he'll be on the sidelines? But you know what? You know he cares. I, yeah, that's true. Yeah, great. you had to. You had to think of that for a second, great. didn't you? Uh, yeah. Took a moment for that one to register. I'm happy he cares about his job as an offensive coordinator for the Bills. I'm happy he cared about it. I, I like. Yes, I'm happy. I'm happy that he cares. Yeah. Well, you know what, y'all. Can, <laughs> That is true. That is true. He could be the guy up there being like, why am I even here? I, I mean, I I used to be a quarterback in the NFL, and I'm sitting here watching other quarterbacks just stink up the joint. Like, what am I even hey, doing with my time? He, he could be to, that guy. He used to be a quarterback for the Browns. Which you'd think he'd was, enjoy being up in the suite a little well, bit better. I was going to say, which at that particular time was like one of the worst jobs you could have in the NFL. I mean, he's playing real-life Madden. You shouldn't, everyone should enjoy that. That should be very cool to everybody that gets a chance to do that. But they don't look at it that way. All right, Nathan Zagura on the morning show earlier today. This is what he had to say about the offensive line where the Browns currently sit. You look at the offensive line, and that's a position where it feels like something's got to give, right? You're paying Jed Wills on the fifth-year option. You're paying Jack Conklin, and he's got, I think, $13 million in guaranteed money, so he's not going anywhere. DeWand is your best tackle right now. I mean, I think that seemed to be pretty clear. And then you're paying both guards and a center. I don't know how long you can pay six offensive linemen or pay five when one of them is not even going to be a starter because Dewan Jones is going to be a starter. So I think it's a very interesting situation. Andy Dickerson comes in now. He's going to kind of lead that offensive line. I think there'll be a lot of conversations about how they want to formulate that line. It would not surprise me at some point if there is interest from around the National Football League in what we, I just described as maybe a glut of offensive line. Lyman, there aren't enough good ones, so maybe people are calling. Maybe there are potential moves that can be made. But I'm totally open to seeing. It feels to me like Dewan Jones of the people on the roster right now. Dewan Jones has the best chance to be your long-term decade multiple Pro Bowl left tackle, right? I think that's a fair thing to say, and that's not a knock on Jed Wills. That just is what Dewan Jones showed us as a rookie. So the feet, the length, the size, I mean, it's just hard to get around him, mm-hmm. period, just when he's just there. A hard worker, he wants to be great, and so I think that, yeah, you could give him that opportunity, and maybe going back to the right side does help Jed Wills. Maybe that kind of springboards Jed Wills back to you know the guy that was a top 10 pick in the National Football League. So I think that you will take a look at some of those things. I think you have to, right? As Kevin yeah. Stefanski said, you know, we're always trying to evolve. We're always trying to stay ahead of the curve and put ourselves in the best position to succeed. And so it feels like that's something that is at least worth exploring when you're running around there in shorts and t-shirts. All right, Nathan's a girl right there on the morning show. Nathan it knows a bunch about football. I, I think he's very, very credible when it comes to the game. Uh, the part I would, I would question though, Daryl is, and don't worry, I'll let you get your thoughts off in a second, is all we ever heard about DeJuan Jones is that he Went at Ohio State when he tried to play the left side. It just didn't go well. The man is a right tackle. If you want to make him a left tackle, that's fine, but it does come with some risk, and you might be running the risk of taking away someone that is great at the right side, and if you split the baby on it, you might end up with both a right tackle in Jed Wills that maybe isn't as good, and then a left tackle in Dewan Jones then that isn't as good, and you end up weaker as a whole. 
the guy that's getting voted off the island is going to be Jed Wills. Okay. Or at least should be voted off the island. Look, I, I they shouldn't have given Jed the guaranteed fifth year. They should have. You want to talk about sunk cost? They should have just taken that as a sunk cost. Yeah, well, there's because, a couple. Listen, that, that's he's not-, not good enough to be paid $15 million as a left tackle. He makes too many mistakes. He makes too many critical mistakes at the worst possible times. He's a good player, but he's not a great player. And I don't think he's ever going to be a great player. I don't think he's ever going to be a Pro Bowl player. I, I that that's just my take on Jeff. Right, Wills. but look at this situation here. We have we have three people for two jobs, and two of these people you mentioned and the you mentioned the bad two, contract and, by and Andrew two Barry, of the, and two of the three you're going to pay. So guess what? Right. This year, the two guys that you pay are the guys that'll play. Plain and simple. Well, the and, two guys you paid was Conklin and Wills, and those are the two guys that will play. And but that would that be Andrew Barry just showing that he's a little stubborn about the fact that he gave out these deals? Because because if you asked. Me and you. It's not about the, being what stubborn. What the best it's, combination of this I, is? It's it's without Jedrick Wills playing football I, on this team. I, I'm not benching a guy that I'm paying 15 million dollars a year for a guy that I'm only paying a couple hundred grand. But you can look that's at just, it. That's just not how the business of football works. I get it's not how it works, but you can look at it like uh, let's say like the 49ers are looking at the quarterback position, right? If I'm if hey, listen, I spent a lot on Trey Lance, that didn't work out, but I got my quarterback of the future anyway in Brock Purdy, so. Uh, between the two, we had it all figured out. We might have gotten there in an indirect way, but we got it figured out. They, they didn't want Jed Wills to not work the way that it hasn't, but if it means you're paying $15 million for the left tackle position and it's $15 million to Jed Wills and pennies for Dewan Jones, but it has your left tackle situation figured out, then you got there. It might not have been the way you wanted to, but you still got there. I think you spent this year preparing Dewan Jones to play left tackle. By not actually having him on the field. So practice, basically, and then if right. an injury happens, then you throw him out there or right. whatever. He's your third tackle. And with the way things have gone the last few years, they've needed a third tackle, now, do you right? think? Do you think he can make the switch to left tackle? Because at Ohio State, I, listen, he's a slot machine with a helmet. The man is a massive human. Well, but if, at Ohio State, he struggled on the left side. If Bill Callahan were here, I'd say absolutely. Bill's not here now. So I don't know. But if if that's what they're thinking, right? is moving him to the left side, then you got to get that process started. And you want to do it in a way where you don't have immediate accountability for that as well. You, you understand what I'm no, saying? No, I do. I almost wonder if it would have been uh, beneficial to start this process last year. And so, I mean, listen, Christian... Well, no, well, no you needed him on the field at right tackle I, last I, year, I, so I, you couldn't do it. I got that, but if we're in the... It, it, once once Deshaun went down, I, I mean, I, I almost wonder if it wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world just to... Throw him out there and saw what happened, and if it worked, then great, you move forward. But well, at the time you had Jed healthy, so that's why you didn't. Well, want but to do then that. he did. You're but saying, then he wasn't healthy. Saying, you're saying once he, yeah, once you had to throw Christian hurt. in there on the left right. side. Yeah, I, I think this year's where you begin that transition, so that he's your starting left tackle in 2025. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.